Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. That it is. That it is. We are off to a late start today. I feel like we have two episodes and it is almost 8.30 p.m. And we're both... Not exhausted. I'm not going to. I know. So I'm like, I can't say it. Okay. We're not tired. We're fantastic. We have the energy of babes right now. Mm-hmm. We could go. I mean, we night. did. We did have half a Keurig pod of coffee each. So yes. I feel like we're. It's a new tradition of splitting a cup of coffee before we record to get us through it. Yeah. Rare. Although like what's I don't know if it was the last time we recorded or the week before. I could not sleep when I got home, which usually doesn't happen to me. Like I'm pretty good with drinking caffeine at night and still being able to fall asleep. I was wired. I am very paranoid that I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight, but I will send you home with some of that Tazo dream tea. There you go. That's going to be the, the the perfect the perfect remedy yes we're not being paid by them by the way no, anytime no, no, no. i mention like a brand which i did not need to do i could have just been like a sleepy tea yeah. you know but i'll send you home with one of those packets well, but you want to like recommend it to the people as well like what sleepy tea is keegan talking about Ooh. yeah i mean honestly i would say that the tazo dream tea is so effective i drink it every night before bed and i feel like it's almost too effective like to the point where I've been telling myself every morning for the past like week that I'm going to get up and go for a jog. Right. Have I? No. Yeah. Like not at all. I'm so <laughs> I'm still tired in the morning. So this is a warning to you all. If the episode goes up a little bit later tomorrow than usual, Madigan was still asleep in the morning and didn't edit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened because this girl is not doing it when she gets home. Sorry no, no, about no. you. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Should we jump into some news stories? I mean, I think that's what we have to do. We're that's here. what we're here for. Yes. So I suppose we should jump in. Uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to s- kick us off? Well, let's do the contest of who's got the most devastating news. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, mine's not good news. Mine's not good either. Do we have the same thing? I don't know. The don't say gay bill. No, mine is anti-choice legislation in Missouri. Also bad. Why don't Why don't you go first? Okay. I think I went first last time. This actually kind of goes hand in hand because this don't say gay bill really is like partnering along with so many other uh, socially unjust bills that yeah, are being passed in these they're red getting states. It in. They're getting right. it in before midterms. Yeah, That's what's happening. Exactly. So it does kind of lead into a broader topic as well. So we'll talk about this and then we'll go into Keegan's. So Florida Senate passed a bill on Tuesday that would prohibit classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in the state's primary schools. Supporters of the bill say it's allowing parents to have control over their child's education, womp womp, while opponents say it unfairly targets and discriminates against LGBTQ plus people. Obviously, it's incredibly discriminatory. It has nothing to do with control over their child's education. You're right. So what is it exactly? It's that, um, I guess, it's about any sort of discussion in the class that has to do with sexuality. Like I was kind of thinking about maybe like a sex ed class or things like that where they're not going to explain, you know. um, Okay, this feels very similar to me uh, 
like whenever I was going to school, there were a lot of people in my small town in Missouri who were like, you cannot teach evolution because we need to have control over what's being said in the classroom, even though that is reality, like that is science. You're not allowed to teach it because it makes us uncomfy. And that's kind of what it sounds like here. It's like we are going to deny the reality of the existence of non-heterosexual people. I would also assume that it's not going to be teaching any gay history. It's not going to be including any topics of um, gender you know, expression or gender identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not going to be talking about, you know, the, the lives that transgender people live with needing medications and things like that. Things that I feel like kids should all be able to have a very open communication and conversation with because it's the reality of their classmates and their fellow students. Um, And it also kind of goes in line with the same, um, you know, book banning and things like that of teaching, you know, uh, Critical race theory of teaching critical race mm-hmm. theory and things like that and protecting protecting our children against learning about America's very racist history. It seems it's like it's a very, very similar situation, man. It's very scary because like there are times when I'm like, oh, man, it would be nice to move to like a, a slower paced way of life, right. you know, get out of L.A. at some point and move move somewhere else to a slower paced way of life. And I know for a fact, you know, coming from a Midwestern town, that's also a college town. There are so many like progressive and liberal minded people there. I'm in no way trying to paint it's the not entirety the entire, of, no, no, no. of the Midwest or the South with one brush. However, so much of this stuff is happening in these places. Well, that because it's very it's, scary to me. It's who's running it. So, for example, the other day, Max was like, what if we purchased in Texas someday? Because he's from Texas. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, but Texas is... Really going off the rails, man. Off the rails, They're doubling, tripling down on things right now. But I was like, what makes you think this Midwestern girl that moved to California would want anything to do with the South? Like, I haven't even visited the South before. Like, I'm not living there. And it has nothing to do, it has nothing against the people or the place or anything. I just like, I'm like, I can't think of myself living in that atmosphere because it's not surprised because I'm sure I would love it like I'm sure that it's beautiful and the people are nice and everything is wonderful but there's something about living there and having to abide by certain rules or laws or stereotypes or whatever like whatever is expected of me like I just feel like I would be so uncomfortable right I mean well yeah not everywhere is for every person right, right? like people have different personalities I feel that like just, I'm a little too radical they, I would have to be in Austin they vibe in different places and Austin is very is a very cool place in Texas but I totally understand what you mean I mean yeah like I totally understand what you mean that it's very difficult especially coming from a very progressive place to go to a place that has far less progressive politics I mean for the sake of all of our southern listeners because I know we do have quite a few I'm truly not hating on them I've never visited that's all I'm saying my family you know my black family actually my grandparents on my dad's side are both from Louisiana Mm -hmm. we went back there a lot growing up and I think there is a real appeal to the South. I understand it. It's very charming. And if you the went there, food, you would feel I that way as well. I love Southern food. I love the accents. But at the same time, you know, I'm about to talk about something that's going on in Missouri. And Missouri is home to me. And yeah. like these types of things, even getting any kind of like airtime as though it might be something that might happen uh, is very scary to me. And it makes me rethink whether or not I would ever want to relocate there. Yeah. Especially, certainly. you know. 
if I was planning on having kids or anything like that, it yeah. makes you think about those things. I do want to kind of mention a secondary part of this whole thing, and that has to do with big companies and how they are supporting or not supporting uh, these legislators mm-hmm. that are passing these yeah. bills. In many states, prominent companies that regularly tout their commitment to diversity and inclusion have stayed silent as GOP-controlled legislators continue to create discriminatory bills. The Walt Disney Company one of Florida's most powerful employers, went under fire on Monday for not properly criticizing the Don't Say Gay bill. Since then, on Wednesday, Disney's CEO Bob Chappick agreed with the criticism. He took a stronger stance against the bill, telling shareholders that he called Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to convey the company's disappointment and concern. Chappick says that if the legislation becomes a law, it could be used to unfairly target gay, lesbian, non-binary, and transgender kids and families. The governor heard our concerns and agreed to meet with me and LGBTQ plus members of our senior team in Florida to discuss ways to address them. He also mentioned that Disney would pledge $5 million to organizations working to protect LGBTQ plus rights and would sign the Human Rights Campaign Statement opposing similar legislation efforts around the country. And the reason that businesses don't like to get involved politically is because they have other priorities, such as their bottom line profits, which is more Mm -hmm. important to them. Of course. So that's why like it is a really big deal for Disney to be stepping forward and doing something because especially Florida, you know, they get most of their money from these like big tourism. Yeah. Yeah, Like that's like how that state continues to run the way that it does. It makes all of its money. So to stand up against the state legislators it really is a very big move to do and i wish that more businesses would fall in line with that and more outwardly show their yeah. lack of support for yeah. that you know I mean, it would be really nice if a lot of these businesses showed any kind of conscience or backbone in any way i mean and disney is far from a perfect company so far like this is like the bare minimum of what they should be doing as a big company in right. Florida. And they needed to be called out in order to do it. It's not yeah. as if they like chose to they do it on their own. They said something, but it wasn't like enough. Right. People were like that. And he, I, I like the fact that the CEO was like, you're right. What I said wasn't enough. So yeah. at least it's, there is an appearance of accountability, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever. Many have also been critical of Biden for not doing more to put an end to the ridiculous bills coming out of red states. Yeah. But in the past few weeks, the administration is starting to take more notice. The Justice Department is challenging a growing list of state actions that it views violates federal, constitutional, or statutory rights. Since 2021, Republican-run states such as Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Arizona, Texas, Missouri, Iowa, Mm -hmm. South Dakota, Idaho, and Montana have advanced a torrent of socially conservative legislation. I hate the word legislate. Legislation, I know. Or legislature. I can't. It's a tongue twister. Legislation. Legislation, including laws that would limit access to abortion, restricting voting Mm -hmm. rights, banning trans students from participating in sports, barring transition medication for trans minors, censoring how teachers can speak about current and historical racial and gender inequalities, removing licensing requirements to... I wrote biblically carry firearms to legally carry (laughs) firearms. Please keep that in. That's hilarious. Biblically carry firearms, I'm sure, is what a lot of people feel in their hearts. For real. So I was like, wow, that's a little too perfect. Increasing penalties for public protesters and immunizing drivers who hit and injure protesters. 
immunizing because immunizing sounds like we're giving them a shot but giving, giving them, them immunity, immunity yeah mm-hmm. if they were to hit an injured protester, i know what you mean womp womp florida alone has passed almost every single item on that of list. course they have right look florida and texas are just going back and forth yeah. vying for like who can be the worst like between governor abbott and governor desantis it's just like i would pay to see them brawl it out on pay-per-view like, i who really could be would. the most conservative it's <laughs> horrifying yeah and DeSantis I know specifically is planning on running or at least like that's the rumor is that he is planning on running for president um being the Republican nominee he's gearing up for it right now with all he's doing and and I think that that's a big part of why he's doing a lot of this stuff yeah now legislation also passed DeSantis's stop woke act which oh my god oh my god right (laughs) it's so embarrassing I know Stop, stop it. woke. Stop. Ew. Stop. Uh, that's like, I'm embarrassed for you. I know. Stop it's, woke act. He's like trying to be cool and hip, uh, which restricts how not only schools, but private companies holding diversity trainings can discuss racial, racial equity issues. According to an Atlantic article, quote, in many ways, the 23 states where Republicans now control both the governorship and the state legislature are attempting to unravel the rights revolution of the past 60 years in which both the Supreme Court and Congress have generally expanded the range of basic rights and liberties available nationwide. The cumulative aim of these proposals is to return the U.S. to a pre-1960s world in which those basic rights and liberties vary much more from state to state. Imagine putting your energy into something like this. Like, honestly, again, embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing that this is what you're spending your energy on. We get on this platform every week and tell you how tired we are. I cannot fucking imagine spending any more energy on wanting to rewind the clock to the I mean, 1960s or 1950s. But it what's is so crazy to them, it's worth it because it's building that base. But it won't especially, work. Like, I know, but especially if DeSantis wants to be the Republican nominee, what have we learned from Donald Trump? Like the more ridiculous, the more out there, the more far right conservative you are, the more popular you become with those people that are already so ingrained into I know. that way of thinking. I mean, and they can make our lives hell they can make the lives of women hell lgbtq people hell black people immigrants like they can I mean, make- they're fucking up our kids now yeah. like all the kids in school mm-hmm. are not going to be learning they can make our lives history hell but the thing is what they really want to accomplish they can't accomplish they can't rewind the clock all the way back to 1950 because we know what we know now yeah and there's always going to be people who know that and the internet exists and like this information is getting out whether you want it to get out or not like i know but then i I, you're pushing against the tide of progress in a way that is it's just how long do you think you can keep that up i know i but it's one of those things that i know that in other countries like where like that can happen like when we were talking about Afghanistan and things like that about how progressive everything was until somebody came in and completely changed their way of life like there is something like while yes like we have the internet and there is so many like rights built into our constitution where I don't really necessarily think that we would get to that point but there is so much still at stake and what I think the Atlantic article made a really good point at pointing out is that it's not so much about the whole, you know, Supreme Court going back on everything, but the fact that things are varying so much from state to state, yeah. which mm-hmm. we haven't seen since, you know, really, in my opinion, back in the time when the North and the South was still kind of split up between like, you know, Jim Crow laws and things like that during the civil rights era. Like, I don't want this country to become so divided 
Right. Not I mean, more than it already is. So divided to the point that. where people like you and I are are nervous about where we would move. Like right. I never would have thought about that before because I, I know for a fact, having lived all over this country, that there is beauty and like there are amazing people and there's amazing stuff in every single state in this country. Like there's right. so much like cool stuff and there's good stuff to absorb anywhere you go if you choose to live in any one of those places like that it makes me very sad that things like this could potentially prevent me from ever wanting to move to texas or move to florida whenever there's good stuff there too you know i don't know it's it's a it's a bummer and so i hope for people living in those states um just i hope you all are doing well just Keep your head up. I don't keep know what else to say. Keep your head up and like keep teaching your children whatever you want to teach them. If they're not going to teach them in school, make sure your kids are getting that education at home. I was just talking with a coworker, and actually, it's kind of an interesting story to tell. Um, so the kid I used to nanny for Facetime me the other day. Oh, nice. Love him so much. He'll just call me randomly to chat. I adore it. And he's half Korean. And he was with a classmate whose family is from Thailand. And his friend was very sad that his mom was going to go back to Thailand for a week. He was like, I'm really going to miss her. So T and his buddies were like putting their hands on him like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's going to be okay. And another child who I've known very well, lots of play dates with this kid, white child, walks by and goes, Asians suck. And like the rest of the kids, the rest of the day were like, so-and-so's racist, so-and-so's racist. And this kid got like really defensive. And T was talking to me all about how he was like, that's not okay what he did. He should feel really bad for what he did. Yeah. Because like, especially when I was with him during all of the protesting and things like that, I wanted to make sure he had an understanding of why this was going on. And because it was the pandemic and I could kind of like do a different curriculum with him, I had to make like a collage of all the protest pictures and things like that because it is so important to be teaching our children a a proper understanding of what's going on in the world, even if it's kind of hard to look at so that he can defend his friend when and that he, he feels he feels comfortable that he's in the right for doing exactly. so. I mean, like that's that's the thing is because I remember the first time kids or maybe it wasn't the first time, but the first time I can recall the first time two kids who we were hanging out with white kids, they were brother and sister. My my brother and I were hanging out with them who we got into a disagreement about something and they called us the N word. <gasps> And our parents, our, my, our moms were friends, like old friends from high school, and they'd left us alone. We were probably too young to be alone. And so we called them white trash back <laughs> because they had said that to us. And I love my mom so much, but it was a different, it was a different time. It was the 90s. And I feel like these conversations weren't ha- happening in this way. And when we told her what happened, she said, well, you also can't say white trash because that's the same thing as mm. someone using the N word. But, but and but it's, that it's was, not. No, but that was, I think, very much a belief of the time, especially probably for someone that hasn't experienced that themselves exactly. and can't exactly. understand where you're coming from, which right. is, you know, makes me sad. Right. For but you. Like, your mom is wonderful. Like, I'm not trying to say anything. Totally. Other, but it does make me sad that at that time, you and your brother didn't get the support that you should right i mean and it's not the same because there's different cultural and social um meanings or connotations behind those two phrases right so it's absolutely not the same and it was emotionally damaging to my brother and i well yes and it's also like that teaching you that you don't have the right to say something exactly and so i 
the thing that I like or I'm taking away from that story is that T and his friends did feel comfortable saying like, no, 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 that's absolutely not okay. Yeah. You deserve to be called out for racist behavior here, even though, I mean, it's a child and yeah, obviously he's like, learned that somewhere. They're nine and 10, you know. Right. Yes. I'm not condemning this. This. It was so funny though, because T was like, his parents are so nice. I really like he just was well that's he was another so, lesson to learn as well is he like was people so can perplexed. be nice people, yeah you know and still have racist tendencies yeah. and that's why it's important to call that stuff out as well you know yeah. like because there's also a possibility that a nine-year-old didn't realize the gravity of what, saying what something they were like saying, that to right. someone and it's important that you're called out for that so but that you now know. hopefully they've learned and they're never gonna say that again yes exactly the one thing that went over theo's head is that it was also an insult to him technically but he didn't even like realize that because <laughs> he was just telling me how upset he was for his friend. And I was like, damn, like, he was dissing you too. <laughs> right. I Like I got pissed. I was like, this kid hugged you in the playground when you fell and scraped your knee and told you like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, don't go talking to my kid that way. <laughs> like, mm. yeah. Yeah. I don't blame the child because no. like. You know. I said, I hey, I've said some really shitty stuff as a child without the knowledge and education of things. And it takes a time to learn that that's not fucking OK. And why? Well, that was his time to learn. To now make he knows. sure you never. And that's what I told T. I said, hopefully, you know, hopefully that isn't who he is as a person. And he realizes that his words have consequences and he doesn't make that mistake again. Yeah, that's exactly right. That. That's exactly right. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. 
Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Okay, so along the same vein, Missouri has introduced an anti-choice legislation proposal. So as we thought, the anti-choice measures that were taken in Texas have started to spread throughout the country. We talked about this whenever that first bill went through where we were like, this is the danger, is that as soon as one state gets away with this, other states are going to start. opening the door to anyone else that wants to pass it on along. Exactly. So a newly proposed piece of legislation in Missouri would allow private citizens to sue anyone who performs an abortion on a Missouri resident or anyone who helps them attain access to an abortion out of state. So they took it even a step further, which is what's really wild about this. Like they're going to arrest. Well, I remember that with the other one, it's like they could arrest the Uber driver or whatever. Right. But that was in the state of Texas is my understanding. Like this is saying even if you go across state. Exactly. So whenever that happened, we even on this show, we were like, hey, you can donate to these different um, organizations who will offer financial assistance for people to be able to leave the state of Texas to go procure an abortion somewhere else. Um, It is my understanding that under this law, if you did that, you could be prosecuted. For helping them get to yeah. another state right. to obtain an abortion, which because is because then it's like crossing state lines. It's it's, but you can't control moving a fugitive. You shouldn't be able to control what your citizens do in other states. No, like that is wild, and this hasn't passed, but it has been proposed. Right. Um. So this has been proposed by right wing Missouri State Representative Mary Elizabeth Coleman. It would also make it illegal to manufacture, transport, own, or distribute abortion pills in the state. This proposition comes after Missouri has imposed increasingly restrictive abortion laws, which has led many to seeking the procedure out of state. So that's why they've added that kind of provision is that they have you know they've done all they're noticing that it's happening right without them they're like we've made it as hard for you as we possibly could and it's still right so you all are leaving the state now so we're going to try and put some kind of measure here so that you can't leave the state thanks so this provision is a direct result of that infamous texas heartbeat act that became law in may of 2021 Uh, again this law allows residents to sue anyone who performs or aids in the performance of an abortion It uses the exact same framework, this Missouri law, which allows civil lawsuits by civilians rather than the state enforcing criminal or civil penalties. So it really is like a bounty. Like you can put a bounty on the heads of your neighbors, your friends, your family members. Um, Terrible. So far, that Texas bill has been allowed to remain in place by the Supreme Court, which has, of course, emboldened right wingers and other states to make similar proposals such as this, because and again, we knew it was going to happen. Like when the Supreme Court was like, yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, like it gave the go ahead. It gave the green light to everyone else in every other state who had similar notions to right. um, start putting that into effect. So the fact, again, that the state is trying to control the actions of the citizens outside of the outside of the state is very, very 
It's incredibly scary. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that we should definitely keep our eyes on. I don't know that this will pass because I don't know that you can do that. Yeah. Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. I don't know the law. Uh, And the government is a scary place. The government is a scary place. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I had one other thing to talk about today, but we can push that off and talk about it another time. It was mostly going to be me bitching about the president saying that we needed to go back to work when we absolutely don't need to go back to work. And (laughs) I I really really don't appreciate him pushing that. I'm like, shut, shut up. Don't tell my boss. Stop. (laughs) I mean, my bosses don't even want to go back. Like, they're like, there's no reason. And if you force me back, I will quit my job. Uh, okay. I will go broke. <laughs> Look, if you want me to, don't push me. me. <laughs> don't push me. I'm stubborn. I am stubborn. I got a Taurus rising and I, I will not be moved. Okay. So, but we did get this sister solidarity story. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago and uh, the week that we got it, there was just so much going on in the news that we didn't have the opportunity to read the story on the show. And then last week, I think things just kind of got away from us so we wanted to make sure that we got it in this week and to encourage all of you to please if you have sister solidarity stories or anything else that you want to share with us please write in we love reading your mail you are gesturing so much with that drink yeah. It got so close to spilling a couple times. I couldn't stop staring. You I mean, were, how? It's like there's you nothing in here. You did a couple shaky moves where it went like whoosh, whoosh. kind of like went all the way out like, ah, and then it went back down. And then it went back. I'm very much a, a hand gesture when I talk. Yeah, but you have, I mean, yeah, you have maybe two centimeters left of your drink. But okay, like, let me just swallow it real fast. I know. Okay. Hey, welcome okay, to the full length episode. <laughs> this week we're talking about. How dare you, first of all. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to jump in uh, with this sister solidarity story. Man, I really feel like that coffee hit. Feeling good. I'm feeling pretty good right now. We're going to need that Tazo sleepy time tea. That's right. So this says, hey, ladies, I'm a recent listener of the show and have been binging on my commutes and sometimes at home as well. I've listened, <laughs> Thank you. I've listened to many not in order, and now I have gone right back to the start of 2018 and I'm letting it play through in order. I absolutely love you guys. You make me laugh, smile, tear up, and rage. Thank you for speaking about all these things in the way you do. Aw, thank you. I came to feminism slowly. I have always been fiercely independent with a really strong sense of justice, which unfortunately caused me a lot of problems at school because I was always sticking up for people being picked on for whatever reason, which made the bullies turn their attention to me. Yeah. I hear that. I have had really difficult friendships with women in which I would be talked badly about behind my back. They would flirt with my boyfriend and just be generally shitty to me for most of my life. As a result of this, I have genuinely hated women and still have massive internal distrust of women. I don't know. I feel like just a sidebar. This is me. I feel like that is something that was really pushed on us a lot. Like this like need to be catty to other women. Like we needed to not have them down right some way Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i always preferred the company of men and male friends but today none of them have remained and i came to the painful adult realization that all of them wanted something from me that i couldn't give them so i didn't trust men but i also didn't feel safe with women this led to me feeling so lonely in this world but luckily i always had my parents my mom in particular who is just the most incredible woman and who is my inspiration I'm 27 now, and for the first time in my life, I have incredible female friends. 
I never would have thought that this would happen. And it is the most special feeling to have these women around me who love me and show up for me and to never pass judgment on me. I want to say thank you to each and every one of them. The past few months have been atrocious in my life. I fell pregnant by accident in December with my partner of three years. He wanted to keep it, but I didn't. Only because right now I don't feel ready to be a mother. It has been a really hard and painful process for him and I. He has really struggled with my decision, and the situation has caused a lot of tension and unease in our relationship that we're trying to work through. Mm. Living through the abortion, the aftermath of my choice, has been incredibly, incredibly hard, even though it was the right decision for me. My girls, my mom included, have been amazing during this time. Not a single one judged my choice. They have been rock solid around me. They have wiped my tears, spoken with me for hours until late in the night, been physically present, and shown me so much incredible love. Considering my history with female friends, this sense of belonging and unconditional love coming from so many strong, intelligent, beautiful, and badass women is just overwhelming for me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart to my mom, Mayan. I hope I'm getting these names right. Magali, Vanessa, Camille, and Jolly, Sarah, and Fern. And also to the women I have opened up to about this process who have treated me with nothing but respect and kindness. I love each and every one of you. I was slowly making my way to full feminism before this, but my abortion catapulted me forwards into such a profound sense of identification and strength with this movement. There's no going back, nor would I want to. To anyone listening who might be going through something similar, you are not alone. It's okay to feel grief, anger, sadness, and so many other things during this process, even if it was your choice. Please seek help where you can. It is so, so, so hard. You are not a monster, and you do not deserve to suffer. I stand in solidarity with you all. Thank you, Keegan and Madigan, for this space. (laughs) I know. It's (laughs) such an incredible, wonderful story. It's a coming to feminism moment. It's a full circle moment. And I resonate with so much of that because I had such close girlfriends in high school. We were so, so, so close. But there was still so much, like backstabbing at times and things like that and I feel like in a way it's something that you kind of like go through when you're younger but I think it's something that's so heavily enforced upon by society yes that we are to see our fellow woman as competition and for her to have gone through something like her abortion where you know things were a little bit rockier with her partner I mean she had these amazing women around her that could show her the kind of love Mm -hmm. that we can give each other Mm -hmm. that she hadn't had before as a former uh self-proclaimed cool girl yeah right uh, guys girl who was always like i i I have all guy friends right i'd maybe have like a couple girlfriends around at a time it was mostly i would hang out with guys right and that was like a badge of honor for me i feel like a lot of women or girls felt like that was something to be proud of still something that a lot of women and girls do and look i still have so many guy friends who i'm very very close to but for me having a group of girlfriends or having those like steady girlfriends in my life has been so transformative for me and really being able to accept that like uh, feminine power and come into that and be okay with that has yeah. been like has been so great 
for me. Um, and to be able to have people in your life that relate to you in a way that, you know, maybe your guy friends wouldn't, or you know what I mean? I think right. that there's an importance to have many different kinds of people in your life, in your life as friends. And as long as they, you know, align with your morals and right. the things that you're passionate Finding about. Genuine friends is hard. Yeah. Like period. You know, I also related when she was talking about like having guy friends who you then lose because you realize that they wanted something from you. Yep. You know, Been and there too many times. That's a difficult thing as well. I do want to read her follow up. She sent us a follow up email and I think it actually really resonates with what we talked about today on the uh-huh. podcast. Uh, she says, hi, Keegan and Madigan. Um, this is after she listened to the mini episode where we said we were maybe going to start bringing back the Sister Solidarity segment. Yeah. Uh, she says, for context, I live in Europe, Luxembourg, to be precise, and abortion is legal up to 12 weeks. I have been extremely aware that I was very fortunate to be in this situation in a country where I had the choice and also the time to find out, process, make my choice with the 12-week period. I had my termination at about eight weeks. I thought so much about all the women going through the same thing as me in a place where they didn't have the choice or access to the care that I did. My mm-hmm. heart really went and goes out to them. So I wanted to make sure to to say that, like this was a vital, life-changing, maybe even life-giving moment in this person's life. Yeah. And she was able to do that. And so many people in states like Missouri with what they're proposing now and even the laws that are on the books currently aren't able to make that same choice. And uh, it is truly devastating you know like yeah. people should be able to have control of their own futures right we all have the right to be given the time and the space and the knowledge to be able to make the proper choices for our bodies yeah and our lives so, and our futures yeah yeah 100 yeah. so thank you so much to that listener for writing in we really 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 appreciate you yeah. sharing your story and being so vulnerable and i'm sure that there are people listening to this show right now for whom that resonates in one way or another i know it resonated with me and it resonated with madigan so thank you so much yeah thank you so much if any of you want to send in any sister solidarity stories please go ahead and do that if you want to send in any topics for 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 future news episodes as well you can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on instagram at angry neighborhood feminist if you haven't checked out our merch you can go ahead to the link in our bio on our instagram or check out the link in the show notes wherever you're listening We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And last but certainly not least, Keegan and I have so many wonderful things planned for you all. If you would like to give us some love right back, we would greatly appreciate it. And the best way for you to do so is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't done so already, please do. It would make our day. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you. Courage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.